Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 445, and today we'll be talking about Edge of the World from the Owl House. I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. So, of course, after we recorded uh, last week's episode, they had to go and reveal the episode title of the last episode of the series. Oh, legit? Yep, for real? (laughs) (laughs) I don't see it on the wiki. Well, you gotta tell me. Well, the episode title is, as I expected, something that starts with watching. It is watching and dreaming. Which... Of significance, the last word of each title in this season is them future dreaming. So, think about that. You know, I actually <laughs> wouldn't put it past them to have tried to do something along the lines of that. I mean, l- let me put it this way. That's not quite as eye-bitty as uh, we could have done. <laughs> but carrying on with our theme of uh, everyone having much realer problems than Luz does... Uh, this was a very sad episode, even in contrast to Hollow Mind. King opens up dreaming of meeting his father. He has a wonderful family, although, let's face it, King's dream dad just looks amazing. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> King has a very hilarious idea of what he'll look like when he grows up. Like, he doesn't think he's going to get any bigger, just grow a mustache. But Ida and Lilith send them all off on a wild lose chase to uh, the place where the... Uh, who we later find out is a titan trapper, uh, left King a letter to, uh, who he accidentally pukes up his intestines. He was so excited to see Lilith. But they, they make it out there. King is eagerly accepted into the tribe, and Luz goes up to beseech their great leader, Bill, for assistance against the tyrant Emperor Bellows. He's more than happy to pledge his warriors. I mean, they need combat experience, none of them ever having met a titan in battle before. But Luz is very, very quick to want to make it out of there when she finds out what titans are like. You see, they're hungry all the time, prance around acting like monarchs, and say, wah! And that sounds like somebody she knows. (laughs) Unfortunately for her, though, Bill also hears the sound of a wah! outside, realizes it's coming from King, and they are all set to execute him until Luz uses her invisibility glyph to make a daring escape. Now... King is mad at her for a moment, until they're like, Hey, kill the Titan! And uh, then he eagerly joins in their escape, and they manage to trap the Titan trappers on the other side of the world, far, far away from the Boiling Isles. But, well, now King knows what he is, and he knows that he's the last of his kind, and it's kind of sad to feel a closeness to his father as he finally reapproaches the Boiling Isles on the captain's ship. Yeah, and they also referred to the Collector as the Grand Huntsman. One of his guises, I'm sure. Yeah, and it, it shows more to, like, the Titans were actively hunted to extinction by the Collectors. Or by the Collector. It's really hard to tell whether the Collectors all left with there being a bunch of Titans, and whether the Titan Trappers are purely our collector trying to get out, or if he merely used an existing guise of the Grand Huntsman to try to finish what the adult collector started. Uh, That's kind of where I'm thinking. Obviously, in this episode, we don't even know that there's a race of collectors. I, I like that the collector is so omnipresent in in all these aspects now like we're seeing 
these secret societies and obviously in in the depths of the the emperor's castle right like the collector is doing some evil stuff but it's crazy how much that all flips around like with one extremely large storybook it it seems like the collector is just as aimless as well you know king's been (laughs) just trying to except king actually has a lovely adopted family and the collector is uh way too powerful and lost for his own good yeah shame 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 on all of the rest of those titan trappers who at the word of bill are just ready to like cold blood murder a child like they were all giving him child appropriate activities and playing catch with him and all that stuff and then it's like oh titan kill it and for power no less they've spent all of this time being told by bill the titans are terrible evil nasty things so if you've had your head filled with lies of course you're going to do things that an objective observer would uh, be more likely to regard as evil yeah, I wonder if next time we see these Titan Trappers, they've, like, usurped Bill and taken off all of their Titan stuff. I- I'd love Luz's question. Are Titans even evil? <laughs> <laughs> Just throw some dissent in there. Food for thought for the rest of those guys who, uh, mm-hmm. maybe they do realize, wait a minute, Bill, you were about to have us murder a child who was doing nothing wrong. Yeah, and Bill knows this. Like, he does that he is just getting some cool deal with the collector. Yeah. Bill is fully aware (laughs) that he made a corrupt bargain. He knows what Titans are about. It's just he reconstituted the Titan Trappers. Actually, come to think of it, that makes me more likely to think that the Titan Trappers are something that the collector reactivated when he realized there was somebody still alive. He uh, just appears in the guise of the Grand Huntsman, who Bill had probably heard of, a a proper adult collector, and he's like, hey, dude, get some more Titan Trappers. There's still a Titan around. I don't know if the Trappers existed after the extinction of the Collectors, or, you know, would the Collectors have even needed the assistance of witches? We really have no sense of why both, you know, groups died out. It doesn't, like, was it one big clash? Why Why are there just, you know, a bunch of Titan skeletons and zero collector remains? We don't really get what happened. But I'd be curious as to why this group would have existed during their time, because they seem unbelievably powerful. I mean, they're so unbelievably powerful, I can't even imagine how a single Titan would have... Well, I guess I can imagine. The Titan's magic is quite powerful. Yeah. And it undoes the collector magic. Right, like, their blood is so unbelievably powerful that I guess we can't even imagine what it was like. Does this mean they could just cut and still could continue to cut King at any time to just get, like, super powerful blood? That is a very common realization that fans have. Yeah, how, it's just hitting me now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, he's got a lot. You did just now discover his... Well, did they mention his identity as a Titan earlier in the Season 3? Uh, yeah, I think it was i feel like we already talked about it on the show okay yeah on the in season three they mentioned that titan magic counteracts collector magic in the cave with uh, Lilith yes. and Ida. okay that's kind of simplistic <laughs> it just cancels each other but if it just cancels what's the what what's the consequence like normally cancel means nothing happens they just both exist and they can't do anything to each other so 
we don't know if Titans are vulnerable to collector magic the same way. The the way it's always been made out is like, well, if you have a collector around trying to stop stuff, bring in a Titan. They're a hard counter to collectors. Right. I mean, if they were, if the collectors were able to use groups like these hunters to do bidding that they themselves couldn't do, that would be interesting. I'm just trying in my brain, though, to make the timeline work. Bill fought King's father, and that is referred to as the last hunt. Did he really? Well, he thinks that it was the last Titan, so I'm assuming that was King's father that uh, shattered Bill's eardrums. But did he really kill him, or was that just a story to inspire everyone else? Also, how is he that old? Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't know how old King's dad is. I, that's may very well not even be King's dad. King just assumes. No, they said, on the poster it said, Last Son of the Boiling Isles, and it had an egg. Interesting. Well, the Bill did say he's far older than Bellus's reign, and Bellus's reign is only 50 years old, but I would have thought that the, you know, it, the timeline is tough. Hmm. But yeah, they clearly yeah. have enough context to know he was recently hatched, too, so it's not all lies. They're, they're aware of lots of real facts. Yeah, up until King carves the sigil on his collar, the Collector could see him, I think. And then from now that he made that connection to the Collector through that ceremony in the lighting of the torch, he's, he can see the Collector in his dreams, but the Collector can't see him. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that there's another broken Collector plate. Interesting. I wonder if the Collector isn't the only Collector ever to have been bound by a, by a Titan. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they're all bound. Perhaps an adult one was bound, formed the Titan Trappers to uh, help him escape, and I guess he, he succeeded and he left, but maybe the Collector was able to contact Bill somehow anyway. Yeah, that is interesting. Maybe he can just be contacted through any of the seals. Because, like, he was in, there was a place, and he's caught within a Pokeball in that place, so maybe... I don't know, maybe it's like a connection to the place with all the Pokeballs in it. Who knows? Maybe there's a cloud. I think uh, Dana Terrace knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do we have an uh, announcement for when last episode's going to come? April 8th. Oh, that's not even a month. Holy crap. Wow. All right. That's uh, that's very soon. Yeah, we do we do not have much time. We're not going to be able to race them to the finish. Unfortunately, David, you're going to you're going <laughs> to have to watch the season 2 finale knowing the ser series finale. Double features? Picture show. We could we could. Yeah, that's I don't know. That really takes the focus away from some hard-hitting episodes. Oh no, I was referencing Rocky Horror. Anyway, um <laughs> uh Outside of the speculation of this last episode of the season, I wonder if, well, I was thinking, in the beginning of the episode, we got to see more of Luce's art, which was very cute, very advanced now, like you get to see her improving throughout the show. Yeah. And also, like, how long did it take her to draw those? Was, like, half of her alone time just making the drawings? Yeah, that, she's, she's pretty good at drawing for somebody so despondent. <laughs> and uh 
Yeah, very cute that they gave her a pile of stuffed animals and a blanket and a warm drink. And a hug. And hugs. Lots of hugs. <laughs> All of that was very sweet. I like that. Ida, Ida goes from wondering what's that thing you're doing with your arms to ordering <laughs> people to hug loose. Aww. Oh, yeah, for sure. She knows what a hug is. She was just being annoying on purpose. It's been decades for her, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, whenever she and Rain broke up. But that was very sweet. Now it's, you know, King's turn to be traumatized. <laughs> that was that was really rough for him. Oh man, like pulling the skull off of um Tarek. Tarek, yes, who they got what was his face? Probably Keith David, let's be honest. Kevin Michael Richardson. Oh, okay. Come on, he's like the guy. Yeah. Anybody anybody in a show has that has that deep voice, it's that guy. He was in um <laughs> yeah. Avatar as well. The earthbending dad. Yes. Yeah, Haru's dad. Exactly. He's just got such an iconic voice. You gotta you gotta get him in your show. And he always seems happy to to participate. Maybe he gets paid by the by the character by the Wikipedia team. We'll bust that filmography up two, three times at least. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and he, I don't think he's taken like main character I don't see does he take, like, main character ro roles, or is he mostly, like, a background character kind of guy? He definitely has that, I'll show up in one episode and leave a lasting impression. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> think. Although, Haru's dad shows up in multiple episodes, so. Well, technically, so does Tarek. Reoccurring character. Yeah, but not even, like... <laughs> reoccurring. Yeah, but exactly. More reoccurring than the boulder. Well, maybe about as reoccurring <laughs> as the boulder. More lines than the boulder. Yeah, but the boulder was really like two lines over and over again. <laughs> the boulder says. Yeah, all the lines started the same way. <laughs> but I love the reveal that the Titan Trappers were not actually like King. And I love the confidence they had to kind of flaunt that in front of us a little. When Bill shows his scar, he just lifts his shirt up and like, if I had been paying attention the first time I watched, that would have been a dead giveaway. Wait a minute, King can't do that. What's going on here? Okay, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm going through his Wikipedia page. Um, One of his first animated film roles was in All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, and then Rugrats <laughs> in Paris. Phenomenal. Phenomenal films. I uh, think the, also back to Jesus' point, the, the episode did do a pretty good job of leading up to that reveal. Like, I wasn't suspecting... I was suspecting that there was something bad going on, but at first I thought... Oh, there always is. You know, okay, this... These these guys seem fine. They're mysterious, but I wasn't questioning what their background was. I didn't think they weren't like King. The question I had was, I knew that King was a Titan already, so I was thinking, well, how are these guys... Like, is King some variant of them where he also has Titan blood? So, you know, that that's how good of a job they did, or maybe how stupid I am. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to think immediately, oh, you know, clearly they're just witches, right? Like, I just thought, oh, there's another species that happens to have the skull thing, but they're just not like King. Yeah, but no, the, everything was going too well. Something had to go wrong. Something had to break King's heart. And that was it. I, it's especially bad that what was first his father figure 
became, you know, he, he was just like the rest of them. I thought there was a chance, right? Especially after King asked him to do something so personal, throw a ball with me, you know, that he would just turn on that. I, I was hoping that he that character would, you know, try to help them escape. So I guess yeah. there are no good people in the world. <laughs> you have to get them from the outside, like loose. Okay, Soren, you've been quiet. I've been reading his filmography. I am so sorry. <laughs> I have been listening. Absorbed. I have been listening to what you're saying. <laughs> but I don't have much to comment on it. He was the Joker in Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> um, that was a thing that existed. I I <laughs> Batman versus Dracula. What an interesting choice for a Joker. I know. I would never pick yeah, him for was, the Joker. Was Mark Hamill not available that day? It's so funny. The the same. I don't think either of you watched Star vs. the Forces of Evil, but the voice of a hilarious villain from that show is the Joker now in Harley Quinn. And to me, that's like the quintessential Joker voice now. It's so, to, to use a popular word, unhinged. He, he's just, he just sounds so crazy and silly. So I can't even imagine this guy's voice is so authoritative. Who does? Uh, Alan Tudyk. But he, he voiced Ludo. Ludo is the, is the <laughs> villain. But yeah, a Alan's amazing. He, he does a great uh, villain who eventually turns out to not be a villain voice. <laughs> Which uh, I think is a really surprising choice for the Joker. But anyway. Well, they did it in Batman versus Judge Dredd, so. Oh, really? The Joker turns good? Well, he joins the Dark Judges and then um, kind of gets bummed out because they never want to have fun with their evil powers. They just want to kill, 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 kill. And he's like, well, what's the point of having these powers if I can't have any fun? And so he helps Batman and Dredd save the day. <laughs> I uh, I I want you all to watch the Harley Quinn show, so don't include this in the podcast. But do do you actually at this point, if I even say it to spoiler, you're already gonna know. Have you have you seen? I, I just have to tell you. I have not seen it, and I do plan on seeing it. Oh please, okay. see it. if we ever want to talk about it, we should really talk. I'm about down. It. Harley Quinn's on tap for me. You you have to. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. But the Joker is a great character in it too, and that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Look, okay, I have to at least tell you, <laughs> Soren, I have to at least tell you that he's a socialist. I have to tell you that, that he becomes <laughs> the, just the Joker? Like, yes, he eventually, I'm not going to spoil the series for you. I promise that's not even a major spoiler. I'm and sorry, it probably what? would have been more exciting to find out organically. But by season three, he is the socialist mayor of Gotham. And I think it's important that you know that so that you go and watch the show immediately. Is that a good thing? Go the watch Joker? the show. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for the show, <laughs> and you should go watch it. The best thing about the Harley Quinn show is they're like, we will actually do literally anything in this world with these characters. So screw whatever you think is like the established thing that these characters can there do. There is no established Batman canon. If anything can be learned about Batman... It's that there is no established Batman canon. Everybody yeah. who makes a new Batman thing just does whatever they want. Oh, they take this as far as possible. <laughs> but it's it's great. So, yes, please watch it. 
but also, you know, the Joker's not even that important in the show. It's all about Harley, and Harley is an incredible character. It's an incredible show. Top, top five animated shows of this decade. Oh, whoa. He was the lion turtle in Avatar. But as for Edge of <laughs> the World, true. it was a hard-hitting, impactful episode, but, like, so much of it's just caught up in the, caught up in the visuals. I don't know, I'm just... Those guys practicing with their spears as they come in. I I, I, I like that part. I'm easy. Uh, the giant portal was awesome. Like that. That is, is true. Pretty wild looking for the show. The giant portal getting annihilated at the end. Yeah, I, that's one of the best visual things to do is having portals and destroying or creating portals. Absolutely. I'm here for it every time, every show. <laughs> and Cora, we can't let it. them follow us. <laughs> yeah, and just like whenever they're a giant beam in the sky, you know, like <laughs> seemingly just ripping through the fabric of reality, and uh, you know, you see a whole army upside down that they're staring up at. Right? <laughs> it's pretty sweet. I'm glad that King suddenly found enough control of his meh powers. That's good. Well, he has been practicing ever since he developed it, so it's not like that came out of nowhere. Right. It's just strong enough to break a giant, you know, finger now. Well, he had to dig down deep for that one, I'm sure. Anything else? Uh, the moon of the demon realm has a skull on it. Do we see that in this episode? Yes. Right as they're sailing away. Wow. <laughs> it's like guys you can't have land masses and stuff that are not dead things this is this is possible <laughs> fake news i mean it's not a fantasy world unless you got a messed up looking moon you just gotta <laughs> please can this show though not make the moon like the Explode ultimate enemy <laughs> i think that's only vaguely skull like that's a skull. Come on, GC. Uh, they, they have plausible deniability. It's meant to imply a skull without being like, this is a skull. Right, it's like the man in the moon. This is it the owl house. Nothing is an accident. Well, yeah, they intentionally implied a skull, but without making it clearly, <laughs> flagrantly skull-like. <laughs> yeah, it's just like an actual three-dimensional skull floating in the sky. I mean, it would have collected dust over time, so it would appear spherical, but... It's not, it's not that big, it's just really close. Ooh, that would have been a really cool design if they had, you know, kind of modeled a skull, and then imagined space dust collecting on it, and then the sort of discolorations you see are the difference between the parts of the skull that are on the exterior and the, and the space dust. That would be an epic reveal. That would have been rad. It's like something hits into the moon, all the dust flies away, and now there's just a skull in the sky. That would be sweet. That would be your season three cliffhanger leading into season four if, you know, Disney liked money and uh, success. Uh, acclaim, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just sad because they realized too late, right? So it would have to be like a new Owl House show, right? Like they wouldn't really, unless they bizarrely decided to go back and like do the seasons how they'd planned <laughs> that well you would you would just be basically the owl house ultimate <laughs> it, has there ever been a show or movie that's done that 
Yeah, uh, for Helsing, they had the first four episodes matched what was in the manga up to that time. And then since the manga, they had no more manga to work with, they just did their own thing after that. And then when they made Helsing Ultimate, the manga was complete. And so Helsing Ultimate is just what the manga says. I really like both of them. Actually, I think I prefer the first one because the second one is like Charlie and the Gore Factory. But they're both good. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept, though, to just, like, not even remake a show, but just fill in a show. <laughs> just, like, start over from a point and say, we're just going to fill in all these episodes and details because we messed up. Um, I think Berserk did that. Oh, yeah? They had, like, the old animated movies, and then they're like, oh, that was really successful, and they just did it again. Um, but better. That's amazing. So, we can always hope. We can always hope for the Owl House Ultimate. Yeah, they get purchased by some other studio, and given the budget and advertising they deserve, and schedule block. One can hope. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Edge of the World. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. Leave us a comment or a review. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.